0: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze.
2: Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show today. I am so thankful to be with you today. I am uh, beyond beyond. You know, this last weekend was a workend. That was something that came up when I was trying to text, and I was trying to say work weekend, and it came out work end, and I thought, oh, how perfect. I am going to use that moving forward, and so I have, and uh, I didn't have very many people show up for whatever reason, and I'm just grateful for those that did. Joe, uh, an employee of mine, he showed up with his son. It was a bonding time. I happened to miss him because he He showed up when I had gone to feed the rest of the crew breakfast, and then we were coming back, and he didn't give me notification that he was arriving or that he was on his way. So, But he said, that's okay, Sue, that's okay. They swept the back. They uh, filled the trash can. All of that was really good, and I'm very thankful that he was there to be able to do that with his son. And he enjoyed it, he said. Um, He had donated a microwave that one of our customers had heard about, Uh, this ministry house and so he says do you need a microwave and I said sure and he said that's so great and so he gave it and so I already had it in the house and I was going to show him where it was but he didn't get even into the house he just worked on the outside the temperature this last weekend was about 90 95 degrees so they worked outside I didn't even get to offer them lemonade or uh, you know anything Uh, they came and went but they uh, really were a help and he wants to come back And uh, he just had the joy of being able to serve and to help with this this dream, this goal that's going to happen. So I'm thankful for that. Some other employees had said they were coming, and then they didn't. And they didn't call, didn't text, nothing. So I'm very disappointed in that. And there's a lesson in that is don't say you're going to do something and then not do it. And yes, things come up. But if they come up, you still have an obligation to communicate with the people that you had committed to that your word is your word and say, I cannot come because of whatever. None of that was done. So I bought food. I had extra drinks and everything. And that was a disappointment. And I just have to say that, look, don't say you're going to do something unless you're going to do it. There's been so many times in my life where I have committed and I've said I'm going to do something. And I so badly wanted to cancel because I just didn't have it in me. The energy wasn't there. But I did it anyway. And I was thankful that I went. In fact, this last Friday, I was invited to go to – um A fundraiser for a very wonderful organization, uh, Long Beach Rescue Mission, which is an hour drive, and it happened to be almost a two-hour drive because of traffic, and I so badly... I have to tell you, I was invited by a very special person in my life. His name is Craig, uh, and his wife. And I was looking forward to our time together, and so were they. But I have to tell you that it, it took everything I had to actually get in the car and drive in the opposite direction where I needed to go after the fact, which was all the way uh, in another direction. I can't go into that, but anyway, we decided to go anyway, and I'm glad we did. It was a wonderful time, but it was a sacrifice, and it's because of my word, because of my commitment that I said we got to go, even though I. Didn't not want to. My body didn't want to. Nothing in me wanted to. But you know what? Sometimes uh, that's when you find the best return is when you sacrifice or you go out of your way to do something that really is not something you would like to do personally. But you know what? The joy is in the giving. The joys in the giving and so I'm thankful I went. I really am, but it took a lot out of me to go. And with that said, I just thank Craig for thinking about Steve and I to invite us to this and to hear the stories and to hear the testimonies of how, you know, this ministry has saved and changed the lives of so many people. It gave me encouragement and inspiration for the ministry house that I'm doing because sometimes I'm just going, This is too much. This is too much. And, you know, it's God's dream. It's not Sue's dream. It's God's dream. And so I have to just be used. And sometimes I feel totally, just to be honest, used up. I feel totally exhausted. And I just feel like, what am I doing? And oh, my goodness. And then something happens to make me uh, reassured that it's the right thing. For instance, on Saturday, I was in the truck in 85 degree weather and i'm texting i'm I'm doing something because there was something going on all the way in santa maria that i was trying to orchestrate and all of a sudden i hear this buzzing going on in my ear and i'm like what the heck is that and i turn around and there's hummingbird inside my truck cab that is humming 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 you know they flutter so fast it's like a motor and i'm like it kind of startled me and in the process I was texting, not realizing that I was on audible text where whatever you say gets printed. And I said, oh, my God, thank you, Lord Jesus, because I felt like that hummingbird was a message from my Heavenly Father. You know, a hummingbird is good luck when it goes into your home, I heard. Uh, but, I mean, it was in my cab, so maybe that's more good luck. I don't know, or more blessing. Uh Anyway, I just felt like I've not seen a hummingbird anywhere around in this whole entire property, and all of a sudden there's a hummingbird inside the cab with me. And I just felt it was the Lord's way of saying, keep it up, Sue. It's okay. You can do this, and I'm right here with you, and, and you're doing the right thing and the good thing, and I love you so much, sister and daughter. And so... Um, I, I just uh, automatically said, Oh my God, thank you, Lord Jesus. And that was texted to the person that I was texting and I didn't even realize. And he goes, what? (laughs) Thank you. And then I realized I had to explain to him what had just happened. And he goes, Oh, okay. So anyway, it was kind of funny. Um, but that God just shows up. God shows up in the most amazing ways. Um, we have a lady friend, DJ, I'm going to mention her. And uh, she's a woman of God. She does so much for so many, her and Jim, her husband. And uh, we're at a garage sale, and she does estate sales. And there's been numerous times where I've mentioned her because, for instance, I said to Steve, we need silverware for the ministry house, and all of a sudden... uh, I walk into the house that she's working the estate sale, and she says, Sue, I have some silverware for you if you need silverware, and it's going to be donated to you. Well, this time we went in, and it was a a complete estate sale, and uh, it was their last day of the estate sale, and there was still uh, quite a bit left over. And she goes, Sue, what do you need? And so I said, well, gosh, I don't really know. Let's go through. And so we went through, and I had a whole trailer full of furniture, things, items, and all I had to do was give her my foundation, the, the nonprofit number, um, and she said that they are going to be so thankful that they were able to give this to somewhere where their their dream, their life could move on, it could, it could keep going. And I thought, how wonderful, what a wonderful way to look at it, is that they gave us these items so that they could live on. And they could give back even further and more than they would any other way. So I think that's so wonderful. And there's a message there to each and every one of you. If you're going through a struggling time, the show today is on God's purpose behind your problems. And it's by Rick Warren, who I just adore what he stands for. His life, um, you know, everything hasn't been rosy for him. He lost a son. Um, There's just so much, but he just keeps on going and doing life's work. And, um, he's an inspiration to me. Anyway, and I'm hoping that this will be an inspiration to you because we all grow through troubles. We all go through problems. And you know what? We're not alone, even though the devil wants us to be isolated and feel like we're alone. The worst thing you can do is to isolate yourself and to, to not be in contact with people. But choose your people wisely is my message to you, too, is that you know there are people, there's naysayers, there's people that are out there that are, that are negative and they want to just talk down to you or talk into you in a negative way. God doesn't want that for you. God wants you to understand how much he loves you and how important and valuable you are. So anybody that's talking different than that, you need to stop listening and you need to not have those people in your inner circle. Put them on the outside, you know, we have some healthy boundaries and tell those people, you know, you can't spend time with them. Sorry, but you can't because they're not, they're not feeding you what God wants you to be fed. Okay, so be guard, guard your heart, guard your mind, guard your ears. Guard everything to where you're protected and you're, you're in the, um, you, your inner circle is going to protect you too because we're not in this alone. We're in this together and our Heavenly Father is right there with us. But he's asking you to guard. Okay, Put the full armor of God on. Be guarded. I have personally been in a situation for a long period of time where the speaking, the words that have been spoken into me were not what God would want spoken into me. And it caused me to second-guess myself. All the time I was going, well, what, what, what? And so I had to back out of that. I had to guard myself and put boundaries up against those people so that I can understand that I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm not receiving what you're saying to me right now because that is not what God would say. And I would always check it against that. Would God tell me this right now? Would God be this way? No, he wouldn't. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say to me right now? And if it's different, guard yourself. That's what I'm saying. So I hope that helped. We could stop right now, but we're not gonna. We're gonna keep going. And I love it. So he strengthens us to endure in his name a series of keys to face day-to-day, okay, day-to-day trials. God's Purpose Behind Your Problems by Rick Warren. Life is a series of problem-solving opportunities. Boy, isn't that the truth? The problems you face will either defeat you or develop you, depending on how you respond to them. That's so perfect and so true. Unfortunately, most people fail to see how God wants to use problems for good in their lives. They react foolishly and resent their problems rather than pausing to consider what benefit they might bring. Here are five ways God wants to use the problems in your life. Remember earlier when I said that it prepped you for your next assignment and I said that my life hasn't been a bowl of cherries or, you know, it just hasn't. But through it all, when I look back, Every single thing that I went through prepared me for something bigger and better. And in the time, I didn't realize that. But sitting here with you right now on the radio, I would not be sitting here on the radio if I would have taken everything that happened to me in a negative light and not realized that there's a positive that can come out of this. I had to look for the rainbow. I had to look for the, the light in the darkness. I had to look for opportunities to step out of me and give to others and to be there for other people. And so have I failed in times? Yes. Has there been times where I've been so down? I'm not going to call that a failure. I'm going to call it that sometimes we're giving and sometimes we're receiving, and it's okay for both. So if you're in the receiving mode, it's okay, but receive it. If you're in the giving mode, then give it. Don't hold back. You're listening to The Sue Free Show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5. And thank you so much, San Diegans, for listening. Thank you, Venturians, for listening. The radio show goes up and down the coast. It goes to Paris. And I had a new listener or a listener that's been listening for a while and he goes, I know this is kind of out of your ordinary, but could you say that Dallas, that there's people listening in Dallas too? And I thought that was so cute. So I'm just pointing it out because yes, Dallas is listening too. So the internet is wonderful because we can listen no matter where we are. And the podcast on Sue Free, spelt like fries when one are dot com, you can listen at your leisure, which is wonderful because our times are different. Our busyness is different. I can't expect everybody to tune on the radio when, we're, when I'm on. Plus, the radio is local. And uh, you might be in Paris or, or Dallas, for that matter. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this show. And this is what I need from you. What I need from you is I need you to go on to SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze, spelled like fries, one word, .com. I want you to go there and connect with me. This show, when it was developed, when it was in the birthing stages, I was saying, what am I going to call it? Well, that was real original, SueFreeze show. Okay. But then I said, okay, what is the show going to be about? Because when they said, you need to have your show, I'm like, well, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to call it? And so I came up with this, and it was with God's help, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Because in business and in my home life and and my personal life, um, those are the things that mean the most to me its purpose having purpose and everybody i meet i want them to understand what their purpose is and what my purpose is in their lives because i always ask that when i have a guest on i'll say what is the purpose what is the goal for today what do we want to accomplish today and every day we should wake up with what are we trying to accomplish today what is what are we going to handle today right so purpose passion we need to be passionate because you know what if we're not passionate The world is going to get us down, and it's going to be hard for us to get back up again. So whatever it is that God's created inside of you creates this passion that nothing can knock you down and keep you down. It's a fire that burns in your belly, and it just keeps you going. People say, how do you do what you do, Sue? I'm passionate. Can you tell? I am passionate about what I'm doing. I'm passionate about God. I'm passionate about what he wants out of me and, and, and what he wants for me and those that I am in contact with. And the last one is connection. What I realized is in business, people say, well, how do you how do you do what you do in the business world? How how, do, how have you got where you're you're at? And I'll say, it's my relationships. It's not about me always being, like, the better person because there's a lot of people emulating and copying me, which is supposedly the best form of advertising or the best form of flattery is to be copied. I don't like that, and I wish people would just get on their own track and do their own thing and get their own customers, their own employees. But if they're going to do other than that, then they'll have to answer to their, their Heavenly Father when that time comes. Anyway, um, the connection part is what I'm realizing is the relationships that I have has what – that's what's uh, – kept me and, 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 and uh, made me go up the ladder is the relationships because they, I hold them dear to my heart, and they're important to me. And I trust everyone until they give me reason to doubt. How about you? Okay, I will trust anyone that comes in my path. But once you do me wrong, you do me wrong. And it only takes one time. And I tell people all the time, don't mistake kindness with weakness, because I am not weak. But I am kind. And I want to be kind. God calls me to be kind and gentle and, and, you know, just full of love. Okay. And I am those things and I want to give if I can, but if somebody takes advantage, look out because I won't accept it because I think it's wrong. So I either put that boundary up and say no more, or I'll say I have to take further action because I need to for the betterment of whomever and whatever. Uh, but that's the truth. And so I'm saying all this, not for you, um, to think about me. I'm just thinking, evaluate yourself, Identify with what you can and what you want to, but understand that all of this matters and uh, the things that are going on in your life have a reason and a season, but a reason. And it's preparing you for the next thing. Go back and role play or go back on your timeline and see how the critical parts of your life have affected your future life. And your belief system is what causes you to react, knee-jerk reaction, or respond in a certain manner. So we have to check that. Because is our belief system correct? We don't know what we don't know, and what we don't know can hurt us. Okay, I was talking to my advertising consultant today, and I was saying, I need proper numbers. I need to know how much I've spent, how much is come in from that spend, ROI is what they call it, return on investment. And he goes, Well, I'm not sure if those numbers are right. And I said, Well, how can I make an educated decision if I don't know if it's right or not? So how do we get right information? Because I need to know what I know and I need to understand what I don't know and get that information so I can make an educated decision. Does that make sense? I mean it kind of is big and and out there, but it really isn't. It's pretty simple. It's simple. We have to understand where we are, where we're going, how we're going to get there, and what's it going to take to get there. Okay? So number one on the five ways, God uses problems to direct you. Sometimes God must light a fire under you to get you moving. That's so true. Pain has to be worth a gain, right? Problems often point us in a new direction and motivate us to change. Is God trying to get your attention? In my book, yes, God is definitely trying to get my attention. Sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. Proverbs twenty thirty. I wish it didn't happen that way, but it does, doesn't it? Sometimes people have to get so down and out to look up. It's too bad, but sometimes, most of the time, it seems, in, in what I've experienced, that seems to be the way it is. We have to reach rock bottom before we look up. Number two, God uses problems to inspect you. People are like tea bags. If you want to know what's inside them, just drop them into hot water. (laughs) I get a visual there. How about you? Has God ever tested your faith with a problem? What do problems reveal about you? How are you handling the situation? Are you keeping your cool? Are you trusting that you're victorious in Jesus' name? Or are you falling apart? When you have many kinds of troubles, you should be full of joy. Because you know that these troubles test your faith, and this will give you patience. Okay, that's totally contrary, isn't it, to most be- ways of, of thinking and believing. But this is what it says, and I can see, looking at my life, how this is so true, is that if you're not doing any good, then you're going to be left alone. It's those that do well and do good for God, where they get attacked. Okay, not everybody wants that. Who, who does want that? But do you want to make a difference? Do you want to make a difference? Yes. Yes. I hope your answer is yes. James 1, 2, and 3. Three, God uses problems to correct you. So now we have direct you, inspect you, correct you. Some lessons we learn only through pain and failure. It's likely that as a child, your parents told you not to touch that hot stove, but you probably learned by being burned. Sometimes we only learn the value of something, health, money, a relationship, by losing it. That's a big loss, isn't it? It's a big loss. Um, You know, you can't buy your health, uh, money, there's only so much money, and a relationship, you have to appreciate and respect the relationship, or guess what happens? We lose it. So if you don't appreciate it, nine times out of ten, you're not going to value it enough to put time and effort into it. So it's good to to, um, value those things. It was the best thing that could have happened to me, for it taught me to pay attention to your laws. That's Psalm one nineteen 71, 72. Um, you're going to have to go in your Bible and read before and after that to understand the context of that, that verse. But it was the best thing that could have happened to me. So that means troubles. Sometimes troubles can be the best thing that ever happened to you because it teaches you to pay attention. It teaches you to pay attention. Number four, God uses problems to protect you. A problem can be a blessing in disguise if it prevents you from being harmed by something more serious. That is, that is so good and so true. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. Genesis fifty twenty, that's NIV version. five. God uses problems to perfect you. Problems when responded to correctly are character builders. God is far more interested in your character than your comfort. Your relationship to God and your character are the only two things you're going to take with you into eternity. We can rejoice when we run into problems. They help us learn to be patient. Ooh, there's that word, patient. And patience develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope And faith are strong and steady. Romans 5, 3 and 4. You know, this ministry house has taught me, and I've had to be patient, very patient, because things aren't happening in the time frame in which I would hope. But in this patience and this time frame, God has revealed himself so mightily during it. And I could tell you story upon story on where This is a fact, and it's truth. And, you know, I said from the very beginning that this dream, this God dream, I call it, is so much bigger than me. I have no idea how to accomplish everything. But since God instilled this dream inside of me, I have faith that God will, you know, get this to happen. I just have to be um, a servant, a helpful servant, to just kind of wait for him and let him lead. And, you know, as a leader, it's sometimes difficult to do that, quite frankly. Um, you know, I want to get it done. But God's saying, no, no, no. There's a time frame in which this needs to happen. And there's things that are happening along the path. There's life's changing even as we speak regarding this, this ministry. So, um, so much to learn. Uh, patience is a one big one that I think I will that'll probably be one area for me personally that um I will probably be learning till the day I die. And I'm so thankful that this journey is a journey that this life is a journey and that God isn't done with me yet. And I'm not gonna beat myself up over it and neither should you. Just understand it is a process. And There's been times in my life where I wanted things to get fixed right away, but yet it wasn't me that could fix it. It was God, and we have to wait on God. And sometimes that's not easy to do. I know firsthand. I know that's not easy to do. You know, I used to yell and scream to God, you know, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And sometimes he wants you to be still and know that he is God and that he's got it and that you've got to just lay at his feet and let him work. And it's in his timing, not yours, and that's so tough, too. Because I'm like, now, I want to get it done now. We will be back with more of the Sue Freeze Show right after this brief break. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control.
1: And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at Ecola. I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma... My mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants.
2: I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose.
1: I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother and Cola, cares for our customers like my mom cared for me.
2: We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS.
1: Or online at termitelady.com. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. E.C.O.L.A. Termite and pest control. 877-332-BUGS. me about the awesome electro gun treatments. It sends electricity through the wood and you use it as part of your termite control services?
2: They're very effective. So if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals, know that we have an array of options for termite control.
1: Don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home. Call Ecola termite pest control services now. 800 332 BUGS. 800 332 BUGS or termitelady.com. E. cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle, as a butterfly
0: you're listening to the sue freeze show the pursuit of passion purpose and connection and here again is sue freeze
2: thank you so much ecola termite and pest control services for sponsoring this show and listen if you're a business owner if you have some message you want to get across and you're not sure if radio is the vehicle for you let me help you just let me help you And how do I do that? Well, I have years of knowledge of how to do this. And because this radio show is syndicated and goes from San Diego to San Luis Obispo, um, if you have a... A business that's only in San Diego, I can help you there. If you have a business only in Orange County, L.A., Riverside, Santa Barbara, Ventura, Santa Maria, San Luis Obispo, I can help you. So my radio show is all up and down, and it's on the internet now, so it goes all over. Um, I would love the opportunity. I just said, um, I hate it when I when I say um. Anyway, so I want to be able to help you. So. Contact me by going to Free spelt like fries one and I will be happy to do that. Uh, I also wrote a book, and the book is called Learning to Breathe. It was my first book. I had no idea I was going to be an author and that I was going to write a book. But some of the things that happened in my life um, needed to be put. There I go again. Uh, th- needed to be put in a book, and it was written with the expectation or the idea that it would become a movie. It has not. If you are someone that would like to. Check that out. and uh, Maybe you can help. I would love the opportunity to talk with you. The book was recognized and featured at the London Book Fair, which was a real thing uh, two years ago. They looked at it and said, we want to feature this book. And I have another publishing company that wants to republish it and change the uh, the look of it and some other things. And so I don't know if I'm going to do that or not uh we're just going to like play that out i've got so many things in the fire right now that i have to prioritize and choose what's most important at the moment so right now my main priority is ecola number 1 uh number 2 would be the ministry house and getting that up and running uh i am waiting on the lord on certain things on that but it's working and it's moving forward if you want to be of help contact me and i'll tell you how you can help either with your hands or your finances or supplies any of those will work and prayer beyond anything um prayer i want to be prayerful in in everything and if you're a prayer warrior please uh pray for this home anyway so we'll get back to the subject matter at hand is um here's the point god is at work in your life even when you do not recognize it or understand it but it's much easier and profitable when you cooperate with him that is so true. When you cooperate with him, how do you do that? You have to be in his word. You have to be prayerful. And you need to let him direct your path. So you have to ask him because he's not going to just direct your path if you don't ask him because he's, he's created you to be a person that has choices. You're not a robot. He wants you to have freedom of choice. He wants you to choose him. Okay? You can choose whatever you want. I people, I ask people all the time, you know, when I'm not sure where they're at and what their thought process is, and I'll say, where do you go when you die? You know, where where do you think you go when you die? Oh, I fall asleep. and I just don't wake back up. Um, some people think they're reincarnated. You know, some people think they're going into nowhere. Some people think they're going somewhere and they're not sure where. And some people think they're going to heaven. Um, You know, I think it's an interesting question. So I'm going to ask you that question. Where are you going when you die? It's a good question. Seven keys to good time management. Time management. Boy. You know, if you're going to get a lot done, you need to have good time management. And they say all the time that if you want something to get done, go to the person that's the busiest because somehow they figure out a way to get it done. It's too bad it's that way because that makes the burden heavy for that person that that can get it done and and the burden is light for those that are just kind of plugging along. So – Um, which side are you on (laughs) key number one assume responsibility the first key is assuming responsibility for your use of time it is your responsibility to use your time wisely. And I've said in the past on many of my podcasts about we only have so many hours in the day, but we almost we, we also only have so many hours in our lifetime. We don't know when God's going to call us home. We don't know when that is. So we have to make the best use of every day. I will tell you that today there is a funeral today for a friend of mine. His name is Dimson. And he worked at Citibank, and I talked about him last Saturday because it came as a, such a shock because the, the gentleman, he has a five-year-old baby, and he's 35 years old, and he died of a heart attack. What? My son is older than that. You know, uh, Maybe it's all the red Bull he was drinking. I don't know, I hope not. They don't really know what. They don't know why, at least they're not exposing that. But his funeral is today. And there's so many people that he's leaving behind and the memory of him is so wonderful but shocking that this young, vibrant man um, is no longer going to be at that city bank greeting people as they walk in and you know, being the father of his child and husband to his wife and son of his mom and dad. And it's so sad to me. It just, I, it just is overwhelming to me because we never know. We never know. That's the eye-opener, a wake-up call to everyone that's still sitting and standing in this earth is that we never know when our time is up. What are we doing with our moments? What are we doing with our time? The Bible challenges us to redeem the time, which means to make the most of the time God has given us. Ephesians 5.16, choose to take charge of your time to the best of your ability. If you don't manage your time, somebody else will. Number two, seek God's guidance. Guidance. Recognize that God has ordained for you a series of good works to accomplish. We read in Ephesians 2.10, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ask the Lord each morning to help you identify the good works that he has planned for you on that particular day. Ask the Lord to show you how and when and to whom you might minister by using the good gifts and talents that he's given you. Doesn't that feel good to just think like that? You have a purpose. You have a ministry. Each one of us, you, yes, you, you have a ministry. You have a calling. Are you going to answer the call? Don't limit your petition for God's guidance to the time you spend at work or in ministry. Ask the Lord to help you manage your recreational time, your friendships with others, renew your creative energy, and give opportunities for Christian witness. Seek the Lord's guidance, too, for the time you spend with your spouse and family. Ask Him to help you manage your family time so that relationships are made strong and joyful. If you're tuning in right now, I just want you to know who you're listening to. You're listening to The Sue Free Show on KKLA or KDAR or KPRZ or KUHL, KCBQ. I could go on, but I'm not going to. But thank you so much for tuning in. The podcast you can get when you want on Sue Free cheese, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Key number three, plan your schedule. Months can go by without you making any progress toward the fulfillment of your God-given goals. If you don't plan your schedule and set your goals and dreams into the context of deadlines. You know, even in the workplace I'll say, "Okay, we need to get this done. When can I have that by?" I have to let that person that's in charge of that job or that duty, they have to have a deadline because otherwise it's just hanging out there forever. We need to know that there's a deadline. Be realistic with your deadlines, but make a deadline. Say, I'm going to have this done by this time. And stick to it. You know, you might have to put something else aside. Make your priorities. Organize your time for maximum productivity and efficiency. If mornings are your most productive hours, set aside those times for work directly related to your goals. Put your greatest concentration and effort into those hours. That's very good advice right there. Did you hear that? You know, you've got... you've got. Um, You've got plug time, you know, that time that you just keep going on and do your things like opening mail and things. And then you've got times where you have to be intensely focused on something and you need to accomplish something. That's where you want to put the best effort, the best time frame. So what is yours? You know, identify what your best time, your productive time is. And employees, you know, if you're the leader or you're the boss, you know, your employees, they have the most productive time. I know that I have a person working for me that after 3.30, forget about it right? Just forget about it. 3.30 hits. She needs to go home because 3.30 hits and she she just hits a wall. So I know that. She knows that. We laugh about it. And uh, I just tell her to go home because she's worthless. I shouldn't say she's worthless, but we talk about it all the time. And, and it's just, she's not on her game after 3.30. So she goes home. Anyway, um, Stay organized, continually searching for missing documents or items is a waste of time. Stay organized as you work. Throughout the Bible, we find numerous references about doing things and maintaining things in an orderly fashion. See Exodus 41 through 16 as an example. Recognize that your definition of being organized may be different from that of others. I, I, I'm going to have to put a little heart by that one because I really need to get better at this. I'm juggling a lot of things. I've got a lot of different projects, and I need to keep them all organized. And so piles on your desk really isn't the best organization. Um, it's best to have your, your desk cleaned off and you have files beside you or something where you can pick up that file, work on that file, focus on the file, and then put it back away. Uh, I'm putting a heart by that for me because that's an area that I need work ask the Lord to help you remove the clutter from your life, the things that detract and pull you away from your God-given purpose and goals. Clutter includes time clutter, the things that clutter your schedule with unimportant activities and obligations. Mark those off. My daughter, she came over. She spends the night sometimes, and I love it when she does that. And she says, Mom, how many emails do you get? I mentioned this once before. I said, oh, I get about 500 a day. Okay, well, I have to go through them one by one. She says, how about unsubscribing some of those. Do you need all of those? And she goes, it's going to take a little extra effort on your part, Mom, but I tell you that it's just going to free you up because you're not going to have to delete those every time. I said, Tiana, it's such a good idea, so guess what? I am working on unsubscribing to many different emails, so you might be one of those. I'm sorry about that, but um, I need to declutter my life. So, there. Maybe that's one for you, too. So, thank you, Tiana, for that helpful hint and reminder that we need to, you know, take note of what's spending our time on. Key number five, rely on God's wisdom. If you question the timing of anything in your life, when something should be done, how much time should be allotted to something? How often something should be done? The sequencing of a project. Ask the Lord for his wisdom on the matter. As you plan projects or break down large goals into specific tasks, ask the Lord Am I sequencing activities, events, or tasks in the right order? Am I allotting the appropriate amount of time for each facet of this project or task or event? Have I set the right deadlines? I have this in underline because I'm going to print this out and put it on my computer and maybe everybody that works for me. I think I'm going to do that. I think that's a really good idea. I'm going to do it. Key number six, eliminate the unimportant. Ask yourself, is there anything that you're doing that's unimportant? I, You know, I say this to myself. I'll say, is there anyone else in my organization that could do this right now? Because if there is, I need to give it to them. Because they probably are better at it than I am. And it's going to take a lot more time for me to do it. And it's keeping me from doing the things that only Sue could do. Okay, so that's a good question for you to be asking as you go through your day. Is, is there anyone else in your organization that could do this? Because maybe they're better at it. Less time involved okay and then what is it that i have to do that i've got my gifts my talents my skill set what is it that i have to only do and then i'm going to focus on those things and now we're going to be more efficient more effective right okay key six i already said eliminate the unimportant on a sheet of paper write all the important things you need to do tomorrow and list them in order of their priority i used to do this i stopped doing it i'm going to do it again as number one put the most important thing you should do tomorrow as number one I mean, excuse me, as number two, put the second most important thing you should do and so forth. You know, this reminds me of something. I used to have all my office staff, my call center, they had a piece of paper that they would leave. At the end of the day, they would leave, and they would put one, two, three of the things that they are going to focus on the minute they come in the next day. Because what happens to us? Okay, we're busy in the day, we're getting going on the day, and then the day comes to a close. Okay, it takes us a while to rev up into work mode when we're at home, we shower, we put our makeup on, brush our hair, whatever, and then we eat breakfast, and then we're taking the kids to school, whatever we're doing, okay? And it's hard to change gears from what we were doing in the morning to okay now we're at work we're signing in and now we're at our desk and now what then we have to take that time to gear up the machine has to turn on and and we have to get our brains focused on work right so um, if we have that list of the three top items that have to get done this morning it really helps in that machine starting up and getting fired up it will help with that okay so i'm going to remember i'm going to do that too So this is really good for me. I don't know about you, but it's really good for me. Okay, then when you go into work tomorrow morning, start with the first thing on your list and stick with it until you finish it. Then move on to number two and so forth. You more than likely will not be able to accomplish all the things on your list in a given day, but you will have accomplished the most important thing on your list or at least made a major effort regarding it. Then tomorrow night, make a new list for the upcoming day. Do this for several weeks and let me know what happens. I'd like to know. Please connect with me and tell me. In the overall pattern of your life, doing a good job at the tasks put before you is part of God's plan for your life. It's what we do daily that creates our life. Do you realize that? The things you do every day, they become habits, and those habits become your life. That's what your life is. So make sure that the habits that you're forming are the good habits that you want to form. Interruptions may be lessons that God has for you to learn, including the lessons of flexibility. I I, I thought about this is because I do a lot of travel. And when you're traveling, not everything works out the way you want it to. Okay, you make the plans, you make your appointments, you schedule your flight. And you might get late because of this or that or your luggage gets lost or the hotel you booked is not what you wanted or, you know, you have to be as a traveler, you have to be so flexible. And, uh, you know, it's a really good test of your character. Because you have to be flexible. And so when you are traveling, just understand that you have to be a flexible traveler in order to get through all the things that could go wrong in that day. But aren't we travelers of life? Let's think about it. We have to be flexible in our lives. Okay, there's some non-negotiables. There's some things that you just don't budge on. But there's other things that, you know what, maybe that's a better thing to do. Okay, I have this appointment over here, but now this has become available. This might be a better opportunity than that. Um, What would God want me to do? Okay, I'm going to go over here instead of over there, but maybe I could reschedule that one. And we can do that, okay? But we have to be flexible to do that. I have found I'm very flexible. I do not like standing in lines. I do not like waiting in traffic. It's very frustrating, and I'm impatient when it comes to those things. And I'm always wondering, could I have done something better? Could I have started earlier? Could I have taken a different route? Blah, blah, blah. Okay? I know that I am not good in those situations, but I have to be flexible, and I have to ask myself, okay, I will get there when I get there because there's not much I can do about this right now, and it's true, but in the future, what could I learn? Okay, I could plan better. I could leave earlier, and so on. All right. So interruptions may be lessons that God has for you to learn, including the lesson of flexibility. All of us, however, know that many interruptions are simply time wasters, and they are the ones that nearly always can be avoided or cut short. Almost always. So lesson learned, okay, okay, what can I do different so this doesn't happen again, right? That's the question we have to ask. Key number seven, review your day. At the close of the day, review the way in which you have spent your time. Evaluate your schedule. Compare what you did with what you intended to do. Ask yourself, did I make good use of my time? Did I procrastinate? Was I able to maintain my concentration? Did I engage in activities that truly were priorities? Did I make progress, even a little, toward the accomplishments of my god given goals, I can tell you sometimes that i I do the easy tasks, not the priority tasks, versus the priority tasks that are going to be more mundane or long, and uh, I find that it 's not good to do that it 's really not and then once I dive in there and I actually type up the letter that i don 't want to type, or I address a situation, a conflict that I need to address, I find that you know what once I power into it and I get it done. There is such a less stress over me that I wished I would have done it sooner. Have you ever found that to be true? Truly, for me, as you see yourself doing things you desire to do in order to be successful in God's eyes, give thanks and praise to God for His guidance, help, and encouragement. If you recognize that you have made mistakes or have fallen short of the ideal schedule you set for yourself, ask the Lord's forgiveness for any sins you have committed in wasting time and then ask for His help to do better the next day. Don't beat yourself up. It's a new day. God's grace is magnificent. Don't give up on the pursuit of your goals. Make adjustments, learn from your mistakes, and begin the next day with fresh enthusiasm and courage. Love it. Wasn't that good? I feel, I find you know I'm gonna I, I've highlighted some of those things and I'm gonna actually do those things because it made me remi- it reminded me of things that I used to do that worked that I've gotten away from that we can bring back and isn't that great that we could do that even me in my stage and what I'm accomplishing there's so much more I could do if I just did things properly and better so three surprising ways I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me boy I have to be reminded I say that scripture so often. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because sometimes I feel like there is no way. There is no way I can make this happen. There is no way I can get through this. Oh, my word, what am I going to do? And then I remember the scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you can do. Isn't that the good news? I love it. I confess that I'm one of the millions of Christians who regularly recites Philippians 4.13. How can you not love this uplifting, soul-stirring, take-on-the-world promise? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But there's actually more encouragement in this verse than you might think at first. You see, Paul wrote these words while facing some of the worst trials of his life. Despite the threat of pain and death, he realized that God gives us strength in ways that go beyond the good times and that everything is okay moments. The strength of Christ reaches, reaches right down into our turmoil and pain. And it's there that we truly do all things. Here are three surprising ways this happens. Through trials, when we think of victory, we often envision champions with trophies and medals. We think of spotlights and TV coverage and fame. We think of parades and celebrations, but true victory often happens far away from the crowd. In Christ, we will certainly see joyful times just as anyone does. But what truly sets us apart as followers of Jesus is that we can find victory in the most difficult trials. James knew that type of struggle very well and yet he could honestly say consider it pure joy my brothers whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything James 1, to 2-4. Christ gives us the strength to not only endure the tough times, but also to grow during them. We aren't meant to just log through the pain. We're meant to see our faith blossom right in the face of our battles. God equips us with the armor we need to stand firm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand Ephesians six thirteen, that's the kind of strength Jesus gives through contentment. If there's ever a fight that goes on in us humans, it's the constant struggle to be content. Disappointments, setbacks, and delays keep hammering away at us. Apart from Christ, we quickly trip and stumble our way into bitterness and entitlement. After all, this world tells us that we deserve to be happy, and it's easy to buy into that mindset. But in Christ. We move our eyes off the things we don't have, the frustrations that surround us, and we put them where they need to be. Paul's words from prison show the spiritual truth in action. I'm not going to be able to finish this, so I will finish here. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. This is Philippians 4.12. I want you to read this. Go to your Bible and read this. How can we have this type of contentment? By turning our attention from what we think we need to the only thing that truly matters. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6, 33. After all, our hope isn't in what we have or don't have here on earth. Our hope is in Christ. I can't finish this. I will continue next week, and I'm hoping you join me next week on this show. Listen. Trials will come. Tribulations will come. Put your faith and hope in God. He will be there for you. Ask him. He will be there. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you. Bye-bye.
0: Ah, it's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E.C.O.L.A. Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects,